welcome everyone today, whether you're joining us in person or maybe you're watching online, honored to have you with us. And I want to take a moment as I do every single Sunday and look into the camera and say a big hello to all the men and women joining us in our correctional ministry right here at CCNO or across our nation in one of the 400 prisons or even in the country of Belize in the Belize Central Prison. We love you guys. We believe in you. Come on, Defiance. Tell me work on my church family today. Come on, let them know. Well, today we are in our fourth and final week of our series called Faith That Pleases God, where we've been studying the life of Elisha, this incredible man of God who was bold, he was courageous, and of course he had a faith that pleased God. And, and really my one goal throughout this entire series uh, is to allow the, the teaching of God's word to build our faith. And I'm excited to, to jump into uh, the last installment of this series. But before we do, I do want to give you a couple things to put on your calendar that are coming up. Starting with next Sunday, we are starting a brand new series called It's Complicated, but it doesn't have to be. And it's a series on relationships. And so if you're in a relationship, coming out of a relationship, or if you hope to be in a relationship someday, man, this series is for you. We're going to have a lot of fun in this series. We're going to learn a lot. And so I'm excited about that starting next week. And then something else I want you to put on your calendar, and that is we are starting something that's been on our hearts for a long time now, and, and that is uh, what we're calling the first a first Wednesday service. And so every first Wednesday of the month, we're going to gather together and have a time. Hey, come on. We're just going to have a time where we're going to go deeper in God's Word. We're going to have a time where we're going to spend some time praying together and grow in our faith and grow closer to God. And honestly, it's something that's been on our heart for quite some time now. And we prayed about it. And we've talked about it. And, and it came to a point where I just felt like uh, I came across the scripture in Ecclesiastes where Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, uh, made this statement. He says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. And we just went around the room as a staff and leadership team, and we said, I know the conditions aren't perfect, but do we feel like God's calling us to step into places we've never been before and launch a first Wednesday service? And it was just unanimous. That we feel like God's doing it. So here we go. So February 7th, 7 p.m., and I just know when we make room for God, God does something special in all of our lives, Amen. Well, with all of that said, uh, today the title of the message is Getting My Edge Back. Come on, look at the person next to you, tell them I'm getting my edge back. Come on, I'm getting, tell them I'm getting my edge back. And I want to inspire you today, I want to challenge you today, because I believe that God wants to speak a word to every single one of us, no matter where we're at in our journey with him, but I'm just curious, how many of us would say that either you or someone close to you always seems like they're trying to find something they lost? Either, either you or someone that's close to you seems like they're always looking for something they misplaced. Come on, raise your hand if you know someone like that. Thank you, honey, for raising your hand. 
twofold. She's always losing her cell phone, and then I feel like she's always moving my wallet and my keys. Anybody else have a spouse like that? Like, you just keep moving my, my stuff every single time, and it can be frustrating to feel like you're always looking for something you lost, like you're always looking for something you misplaced. But I think the worst is, the worst is when we're looking for something that's already in our possession. For example, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I have. Uh, I've, I've literally torn apart my house looking for my sunglasses only to discover they were already on my head. The, who's the, who else has done that? Thank you, Jesus, I'm not alone. I've also, maybe you've done this too, I've also looked everywhere for my cell phone. Where did I put it? Only to discover it was in my hand the entire time. Come on, who else has done that? It's gotten so bad for me that I turned the flashlight on my, my phone and I was looking in dark places to try and find my phone that was in my hand. How many know we got issues? If you got issues, just want you to know you're in the right place. Man, you are amongst friends today because we all got stuff. We all got issues. But I want to talk to us today about losing something else. I want to talk to us today about losing some things when it comes to our relationship with God. I want to talk to us about losing some things when it comes to our faith. Like maybe some of us today, we've just lost our passion for God and the things of God. Like at one point in time in our lives, man, we were fired up about God. We were passionate for the things of God. But as we kind of look around in our lives today, we feel like we're just kind of going through the motions and we just lost our passion. Maybe others of us might say, man, I've lost the joy of the Lord. Like the joy of the Lord used to be my strength, but I'm really honest, life has gotten heavy lately and life has become hard and, and I just lost my, my joy. Maybe others of us would say that we used to have such great faith. Like we would pray for God to do really big things and we actually believe that God can do the impossible. But the truth is, as we look around in our lives, we don't pray much, if at all, and we're kind of wondering, what do we even really believe this thing? Do, do we even, where are we even at in our faith? And we had something extremely important when it came to our relationship with God, but we've lost it along the way. As we continue studying the life of Elisha, let's take a look at our story that we're going to study today. It's only seven verses long, and it's found in 2 Kings Chapter 6, let's read it together. Verse 1. One day, the group of prophets came to Elisha, and they told him, As you can see, this place where we meet with you is too small. Elisha, this, this incredible man of God, is now mentoring and raising up younger prophets to come behind him. And, and, and this prophet comes to Elisha and says, the school where you are teaching us, it, 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 we're outgrowing it. I mean, that's a good problem to have. Kind of feels like that around here a little bit. He says, let's go down to the Jordan River where there are plenty of logs. There we can build a new place for us to meet. I, he told him, go ahead. I don't know if he exactly said it like that, but that's how I read it. Please come with us, someone suggested to Elisha. And he said, I will. And so he went with them. And when they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. But as one of them was cutting a tree, his ax head fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried. It was a borrowed ax. 
You ever borrowed something to someone and then when they brought it back to you, it did not look anything like it did when you first gave it to them? But how many, how many has someone like that in your life right now? How many are close to you right now? I was running to see if there's anybody here. We'll pray for you. That's this guy. That's this guy. Where did it fall? Elisha, the man of God, asked. When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it into the water at that very spot. Then, all of a sudden, the axe head floated to the surface. Just so we know, axe heads don't float. Grab it, Elisha said, and the man reached out and grabbed it. Now, what's interesting about this miracle that Elisha just performed is that up to this point, he's done some really big, powerful, and we could say important miracles. Like at one point, he, he took this body of water that was poisoned, and he healed this body of water, if you will, and saved an entire community. He, he raised a boy from the dead. He miraculously provided food for a widow and her two sons and kept them from starving to death. He, like we studied last week, he healed Naaman, who was, uh, had leprosy after dipping in the Jordan seven times. He blinded an entire army to move forward the things of God during a battle. And so he did all of these like significant things, and now he's making an axe head float. If you're anything like me, I'm asking the question, what is the meaning, what is the purpose of this? As we study the story together, let me just first give us two observations that we can make from our story. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, and that is this, that God cares about all. Everybody say all. God cares about all of our problems. Now, one thing we need to know about this story is that iron was very valuable at this time period because it was harder to come by. And so this prophet who's being mentored by Elisha lost this axe head. And scholars believe that he was a student, uh, a mentee, and so more than likely he would not have had a lot of resource. He, he would have been poor. He, he was kind of like a college student living on student loans, eating ramen noodles. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? And so, so he, he borrowed this axe head and he could not pay it back. And so he was what we could call a nonprofit prophet. Ha, pastor joke, gotcha. But think about it. I got more where that came from. But think about it. This guy doesn't have much to his name. He loses a rather expensive axe head. And then we see Elisha, this man of God, bring the axe head back which shows us very clearly that our big God actually cares about the little details in our lives. God cares about all of our problems, no matter what we're going through. If we have a headache, how many know God cares? If we have a chemistry test coming up, how many know God cares? If our car won't start again, God cares cares. If we can't find our cell phone, even though it's in our hand, God might be laughing, but God still cares. God cares about all the problems in our lives. Now think about it. The prophet Elisha could have said to this mentee, hey man, take your sandals off and get in there and find that ax head for yourself. See, the Jordan River outside of flood stage really is more like a creek. 
crick for you Southerners out there. But it was only like 15 feet wide. I've had the pleasure of being there a couple times. It's not very deep. You can actually walk across it. So it would have made sense for this young prophet to gather the other students, say, take off your sandals. I think it flew in right around here. Let's walk around in this muddy, dirty river and see if we can't find it with our feet. And the reason why I bring this up is because I think sometimes we have the thought that God helps those who help themselves. You ever thought that? I want to mess with your theology just a little bit today, that we think that God is only going to help us if it's something that we can't do on our own. Now, don't get me wrong. We need to put our faith in action. Don't get me wrong. We, we need to, God's calling us into places we need to, to move. But sometimes, I just want to point out, sometimes God wants to do a miracle in our lives simply because he can. You know, as a father, there's sometimes I want to bless my kids simply because I can. Simply because I love them. Simply because I just want to bless my kids. I know, in, even more so, our Heavenly Father is the same with us. Sometimes he wants to do a miracle in your life or a work in your life simply because he can, simply because he loves you, simply because he wants to bless you. He wants to do something. I think God wants to do something for us that we'll never forget for the rest of our lives, that he would do a miracle in our lives that we can look back and say, man, I'll never forget that time when God did a miracle in my life just to remind me that he cares about all of my problems, the big problems and the little problems, the big things and the little things. God cares. God cares about it all. God cares about the big and the little things. He knows what we need, and God cares about it all. And so my question for all of us is, do we believe that? Do we believe that God really cares about the little details of our lives, no matter how small or insignificant it may seem? Because God wants us to bring all of our problems to him, whether they're big or whether they're small. Every, come on, every part of our lives matter to God. The Bible says it like this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Cast all your cares, not some of them, not the ones you think he can handle, not the big things that are out of your control. No, cast all of your cares. If it matters to you, how many know it matters to God? If it's a big deal to you, it's a big deal to God. Cast all your cares on him. Why? because he cares, because he cares for you. And can I just point out, every miracle for God is small. Everything you're asking God to do is small, and it might be big to you. Come on, how many of we serve a big God? He spoke the heavens and the earth into existence. He said it, and there was. Every problem, every situation is small for God. So God cares about all of our problems. The second observation in our appetizer part of the message today that I want to make to us, write this down, and that is God knows how to help us find what we didn't mean to lose. God knows how to help us find what we didn't mean to lose. And so for those of us who maybe have lost some things when it comes to our relationship with God, for those of us who might say, man, I've lost some things when it comes to my faith, I just want to remind us today that we serve a God who restores, we serve a God who redeems, and we serve a God who has the ability to make all things new again. This is the God that we serve, and our good God knows how to help us find what we didn't mean to lose. Now, as we talk about getting our edge back, as we talk about losing this, this axe head, I was reminded of a story a pastor told several years ago about two lumberjacks. 
One of them was this young whippersnapper. He was strong. He had a ton of energy. He was just starting his career. The other lumberjack was an old journeyman. Been doing it many, many years. Hands calloused from all the years of hard work. And one day this, this young guy comes to the older gentleman and he's trying to make a name for himself. And so he challenges him to a contest to see how many trees they could cut down in a day. Who could cut the most trees down in a day? Well, at first, the old journeyman is like, bro, I don't got time. I don't got the time or the energy to do all that. It'd be like if a young guy comes up to you in the gym and says, how much you bench, bro? And you're like, bro, I've been working out for 45 years. I don't have the time nor the energy to prove to you how much I can. I'm still stronger than you. You just need to know that. But this young guy keeps persisting, keeps pushing this old guy's buttons. He's, what, are you scared? You're going to lose to a new guy? Lose to a young guy? And so the old man goes, all right, grab your axe. Time to teach you a lesson. And so it comes time, other lumberjacks gather around. They want to see the competition. People from the community of defiance come out into the forest to see who's going to cut down the most trees. And, and the gunshot goes off, ready, set, go. I mean, and the young guy is just going to town. I mean, he is giving it all that he's got. He's got the energy. He's got the strength. I mean, he's cutting tree after tree after tree down. And then he stops and he looks over at the old journeyman and the old journeyman is just sitting there under a tree. And the young guy thinks to himself, he's already done. He already quit. He already gave up. He knew ahead of time I was gonna win this competition. And so the young guy just keeps chopping away, chopping away. And every single time he looks over at the old journeyman, he's just sitting under a tree. And so the, the end of the day comes and the young guy's walking around with his chest puffed out. He, he already knows he got the victory. He just wants to hear, how much did I beat the old man by? And so they give out the tally and they say, the young guy cut 20 trees down. And he's like, yes, sir, yes, sir. And they go, but the old guy, the old journeyman, he cut down 40 trees. And the young guy couldn't believe it. At first he was like, y'all messing with me. I don't believe, there's no way this old guy cut down twice as many trees as I did. And he goes up to the old journeyman and says, how did you do it? How did you cut down twice as many? Because every time I looked at you, you were sitting down under the tree, taking a break. And the old journeyman looks at him and he says, you thought I was taking a break. But every time I was sitting down, I was sharpening my edge. I was sharpening my blade. And with every tree you cut down, your ax got duller and duller and more dull. But every time I chopped a tree down, I had the sharp ax head. And so you were working harder, I was working smarter. In other words, the young guy throughout the competition, you know what he did? He lost his edge. I want to ask us a question today, and that is, have you lost your spiritual edge. Now, some of us might say, man, actually, I feel closer to God than ever before. And I want you to know, man, I am celebrating with you. Keep going. Keep the fire burning. Pastor Justina preached an incredible word yesterday at, at prayer uh, about maintaining the move of God in our lives. And so we want to encourage you to keep going. But the reality is, 
for a lot of us here today, we would say there's some places, there's some areas in my spiritual life, in my spiritual journey where I've just lost my edge. Maybe for some of us, as we look around at the friends that we're hanging out with, we think to ourselves, man, at one point in time in my life, I was hanging out with people who, who loved God, were passionate about God, who, who would pray with me and encourage me, and, and they would build me up, and they would push me closer to God. But as I look around at the people I spend the most time with, I realize God's not really a priority in their lives. And we don't spend any time talking about Jesus. And we don't spend any time praying for one another. And we don't spend any time pushing us closer and building each other up and pushing us closer to God. And as a result, I just realized I've lost my spiritual edge. Others of us might say, man, I, I used to serve at church and we had the thrill of being used by God and making a difference with our gifts. And Sometimes it was hard and sometimes it was inconvenient, but it was always fulfilling and it was always worth it. And then life just got busy and we just took a break and we said we'd get back to it, but we just never did. And now we're missing something on the inside because we, we knew what it was like to be used by God. We knew what it was like to speak a word into somebody's life. We knew what it was like to use our gifts to make a difference in somebody else's life and we just lost our Edge. Maybe, maybe others of us had a passion for prayer. Like you're the people that would get woken up in the morning at 3, 3 a.m. and instead of turning over and going back to bed, you would get up and you wouldn't just pray for yourself, but you would start interceding for other people on their behalf, praying and believing and asking God to do a work in their lives. But as you kind of look at your life, you realize, man, it's been a long time since I've done anything like that. And we pray at the dinner table, but outside of that, man, I don't spend much time praying to God at all. And we've lost our spiritual edge. Maybe others of us, we loved sharing our faith. Like when we first became a, a follower of Jesus, we first became a Christian, we had to tell everybody. Anybody like that? Man, I first got saved, but God's real. And they're like, yeah, I know. No, he's real. Jesus is real. I'm telling you, he's real. We loved sharing our faith with people who didn't have a relationship with God. But as we look around at our lives today, we can't remember the last time we had a spiritual conversation with somebody outside the family of God. And we've lost our spiritual edge. Or maybe others of us have just recognized, man, my, my standards have just kind of lowered. I used to have these kind of strong Christian convictions and, and values, but man, I've cut some corners. I, I've made some compromises. I, I took some shortcuts and Things I used to say that I would never do because it grieved the Holy Spirit and it wasn't helping me become the person that God's called me to be. All of a sudden, I, I find myself doing. And we wake up one day and we ask the question, man, how in the world did I get here? I have no idea what, what happened to me. I used to, and now look where I ended up. How have we lost our spiritual edge? The reality is this can happen to every single one of us because how many of us know we have a spiritual enemy whose entire mission is to steal, kill, and destroy anything that matters to the heart of God. We didn't mean to lose our edge, but we did. We didn't mean to stop praying with our spouse, but we did. We didn't mean to fall back into old habits and addictions, but we did. We didn't mean to drift from the love and intimacy that we once had with God and wake up depressed and empty and hollow on the inside, but we did. We didn't mean to, to end up pursuing the emptiness of material possessions, but if we're honest, 
really honest with ourselves, we realize that's exactly what we did. We lost our spiritual edge. What do we do when we're swinging away and all of a sudden the axe head flies off? Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10 says it like this. We're kind of referring to our story, the lumberjacks. Using a dull axe requires great strength. So what does the Bible tell us to do? What does Solomon tell us to do? So sharpen the blade. And I'm just saying for some of us today, we need to sharpen the blade again. We've been using a dull axe. We've lost our spiritual edge, and it's time to get back what we once had. And so how do we get our edge back? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. Let me give us two ways that we get our edge back that we see from our story. The first one is, if you're taking notes, write this down, and that is we need to admit and be honest about where we lost it. We just need to admit and just be honest. How many know that God can't heal the person you pretend to be? God can't set free the person you pretend to be. But if we can just get real, and if we can just get honest, and we can just get admit, man, I lost my spiritual edge. 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 5 through 6 says this. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh no, my Lord, he cried out. Come on, he cried out. The man of God asked, where did it fall? The ax head fell into this muddy Jordan River. In other words, they couldn't see. It was like the mommy or the oglace. You can't see even that far down, the, the mommy, right? Or the oglace. It is muddy. It is dark. It is nasty. And it, and it falls in this muddy river and dark. And I just thought, you know, some of the things that we lose our spiritual edge in are dark. I think maybe for some of us, we lost our axe head when, when our loved one passed away. And our grief has just filled our hearts. And it's not something that we can just snap our fingers and everything's fine. We'd love to be able to do that. We'd love to just make, pray a prayer and everything's good again. And religious people will just say, hey, pick up your axe. What are you doing? Just pray. But our response is, if, if it were that easy, don't you think I would have done it by now? That person hurt me and wounded me. That person close to me betrayed me. They turned their back on me and it wounded me. Don't you think I've prayed? Don't you think I've asked God? Don't you think I've already tried that? If it was that easy, I would have done it by now. And we lost our spiritual edge. But something, wherever you're at in your journey, whatever has happened, I want to point out in the text, what did this young prophet do? He cried out. He cried out. He cried out. I lost my axe. I lost my way. I lost my purity. I lost my passion for God. I lost my self-control. I lost my purpose. The man cried out. I think too often what stops us from crying out and asking for help is because we don't want to admit that we've lost something. Sometimes the most spiritual thing that we can do is just admit we're not where we used to be. Sometimes the most spiritual thing we can do is just come before God and all of our issues and all of our problems and all of our mistakes and just admit that we lost something that we once had. The beauty of the story is he cried out and he asked for help. And Elisha asked, where did it fall? In other words, the axe head isn't gone. It's just where you left it. Yeah. 
I don't know what you lost. I don't know what you left behind, but I want you to know it's not lost. It's just where you left it. Wherever it is, where did it fall? And that's what I want to ask us today. Where, where did you lose it? Where did the ax head fall off? Where did you start to lose your spiritual edge? Was it when you started hanging out with those, those wrong friends? Or maybe you got into that wrong relationship that pulled you farther away from God instead of pushed you closer to him? Maybe we lost our discipline. We, we used to, to pray, but we stopped. We used to read God's word, but we stopped. We used to tithe. We used to be generous, but we stopped. We used to be in that amazing small group where we had so much fun, and we were around people who encouraged us and spoke life into us, and we were able to do that for others. But for whatever reason, we just stopped. Life got busy, and we just stopped. Or maybe somebody wounded us. Maybe someone even in the church. And we've allowed our hearts to become hard. Maybe we've even blamed God or the church for what somebody else has done. Can I just encourage us to admit and be honest where we lost it? Where do we lose our spiritual edge? How I many humility is such a beautiful characteristic? How I many God doesn't want us to pretend to be something that we're not? And he's not asking us to. In fact, if we could just be real and genuine and honest, God can do so much when we have a heart of humility and transparency. The second thing I, I believe that the text would, would teach us is number two, is that we need to take back what was lost with God's help. And we do, we do play a part in it. And with God's help, we can take back what we lost because our God specializes in helping us find what we didn't mean to lose. Take a look at it, 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 6 through 7. When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it into the water at that very spot. Then the ax head floated to the surface. I wonder if anybody thought that was actually going to happen. Grab it, Elisha said. Everybody say, grab it. Grab it, Elisha said. And the man reached out and he grabbed it. I know only God can make an ax head float. But he wants us to grab it. He wants us to take back what we've lost as he brings it within our reach. Now, I just want to point out the moment we start having these thoughts of maybe, just maybe, I can get back what I once had. I want to just prepare us. As soon as we start thinking like that, there's going to be another voice that's in our heads saying, there's no way that you can ever have that back. It's been too long. You've done too much. You've gone too far. There's no way that you can ever have that back. And I just came here today to tell somebody that with God, it's not too late to be the person that we could have been. It's not too late to get back what we thought we could never have again. It's not too late to have what we used to have and even more of it with the power of our God. We haven't gone too far. We haven't done too much because our God specializes in helping us find what we didn't mean to lose. So what, is, what does he want us to do? Well, I, I believe that God wants to make some things within reach, but we have to grab it. We've got to go after it and get it. And so here's, here's what we do. We do what we can do, and we trust God to do what we cannot do. Can we make an ax head float? No, I've tried it with my Jedi powers. Does not work. We, we can't do that, but what can we do? We can grab it when God causes it to flow. We can reach out and grab what God is doing in our life. 
Can we create in our own spirit this, this spiritual passion and this faith? No, we, we can't do that. But what we can do is realize what the Bible says, that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so we can be intentional about putting ourselves in places where we're hearing the word of God preach. And as we put ourselves, as we go to deeper nights, as we go to first Wednesday, as we jump into small groups, as we make Sunday morning church a priority in our lives, all of a sudden we're in these spaces and we're in these places where we're hearing the word of God preach. And all of a sudden our faith starts to build. We know that God answers prayer. Sometimes we might have a hard time believing if he'll answer our prayers, anybody besides me, but how many of us believe that God answers prayer? So I'm going to start praying even when I don't feel like it. I'm going to start praying even when I'm not sure if God's even going to do it. I'm just going to start praying again. And I'm going to step out in faith. And I'm, I'm going to start worshiping even when I don't feel like doing it. Even when I'm embarrassed. I might start lifting my hands as a sign of uh, worship and surrender and victory in Jesus. Even though I've never lifted my hands before. And I'm going to start singing in church even though I'm not a great singer. I might be better than you. You're not a good singer. But I might, I'm a better singer than you. But I'm going to start singing. And I'm going to tell the sound of God. Turn it up, man. They can hear me. They shouldn't hear me. If I'm making a joyful noise to the Lord, I'm going to start worshiping even when I don't feel like it. God has done some of the most powerful things in my life when I stepped out in faith even when I didn't feel like it. When I came to a deeper night, even though the lions were losing to the 49ers, oh, snap. Oh, snap. I'm joking. I'm teasing. But I came anyways. And I didn't feel like it. And I came in, I didn't sleep well last night, but I came anyways, and I prayed anyways. All of a sudden, God starts doing a work in our lives. We can search for God, and we can seek God. The Bible tells us when we, when we seek him with all of our hearts, he gives us this beautiful promise where he says, I've never been hiding. I've never been hiding. I've, ne I've always wanted a relationship with you. I've always had a plan for you. You've never gone too far. You've never done too much. I've been waiting this whole time for you to come. Come. Let me speak this over us today, and then I'm going to give us a chance to respond. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 3 through 5. Let me speak this over us. I'm going to encourage you to receive it by faith, and that is God, your God, will restore everything you lost. He'll have compassion on you, Come on, he's not a God that judges or condemns. He's a God who has compassion. Well, how can he have compassion? Because he gets you better than you get yourself. He knows why you feel the way you do. He knows why you keep running to that thing that will never satisfy. He knows you better than you know yourself. And he has this compassion. Isn't that comforting to anybody besides me? Like, you get me, God? You know why I keep running back to that thing that will never satisfy me? And every time I do, you look down and go, no, Kyle, no. Quit running to that. It's never going to give you what you're looking for. I have so much more for you than that. Come, 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 come experience the love. Come experience the grace. Come experience the life of compassion on you. He'll come back and pick you up, pick up the pieces from all the places that you are scattered. I don't know whose life seems scattered today, but I know a God who can help you pick up all the pieces. I don't know whose marriage is scattered today, but I know a God who can help you pick up all the pieces. I don't know whose heart feels scattered today, but I know a God. 
I've tasted and I've seen that the Lord is good. I know a God who can help you pick up the pieces. No matter how far away you end up, God, your God, will get you out of there and bring you back. He'll help you get your spiritual edge back, back to the land, back to the place you belong, back to the place he's always called you to be. It will be yours again. He will give you a good life and make you more numerous. He'll give you more than you could even imagine. He'll do more than you can think, ask, or even imagine in your life. Anybody else experience the truth of this scripture besides me? And I'm just saying, come on, it's time to get our spiritual edge back. Would you pray with me today? Father, we love you. We thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for how you love us, God. Nobody loves us the way you do. Nobody believes in us the way you believe in us. Nobody keeps fighting for us and keeps pursuing our hearts the way you do, God. Thank you for your, God, we declare in this place, your love never fails. And as we're praying together today with every head bowed and every eye closed, can you just, can you just pray this prayer right where you're at? Say, speak, Lord, I'm listening. How do you want me to respond to the message today? I don't wanna just be a hearer of your word, I wanna be a doer. What's my next step? What's that place? What's that area of my life where I need to get my edge as we're praying together with every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna give us an opportunity for those of us who, who maybe never had the edge. We've never experienced the power of God's love. We've never experienced the life that he has for us. We've never experienced his freedom. We don't have a relationship with God. And today, come on, today God is calling you to higher heights and greater depths. Today God is calling you to step into places you've never been and say, here's my life, God. I wanna know you. I wanna follow you. I wanna serve you. I'm tired of doing life my own way. I need a relationship with you. Jesus, you are the way. You are the truth and you are the life. Here's my heart. If that's you today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, come on, would you lift your hand to heaven? Here's my heart, God. I need a relationship with you. I'm not looking for religion. I'm looking for a relationship with, with you, God. Only you can satisfy the longing of my soul. Only you know what's going on in my heart, God. Only you can heal. Only you can restore. Only you can deliver. Only you can save. And right where you're at, would you pray this prayer with me? Say, God, thank you for your love. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to pay the price for my sin on the cross. Today, in this place, here's my life. God, forgive me my sin. Fill me with your spirit. Show me how to live. My life is yours. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God some praise because he's worthy, because he's a good God. Come on, let's stand in this place. Now I want to give us an opportunity to respond to the word today. If there's an area of your life, you know I've lost my spiritual edge here. Maybe it's been in your marriage, maybe it's in your heart, wherever it's at. I'm gonna invite the, the prayer team to come join me down front. We're gonna pray and we're gonna believe. I'm gonna encourage and challenge us to have the, the boldness to step out. Join our faith with one another. Believe for God to do anything in our lives. Come on, lift your hands in this place. Come on, lift your hands at this place. Father, we believe you're a God who still does miracles. God, we, 
We believe that you can make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way, that you're moving even if we don't see it, even if we don't feel it, God. We know that you're up to something, and we just have the faith today to believe you're bigger than what we're going through. You're bigger than our feelings. You're bigger than our circumstances. You're bigger than our situations, and we trust you today. Come on, we're getting our spiritual edge back. God, there's more to this life than what we're living, and it's found in you. We're having the boldness today to getting our edge back. In Jesus' name, 